Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Marin? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hi, this is Anna David. You're listening to Recover Girl, a podcast about addiction and recovery. It's been a podcast where I interview people about their addiction and recovery, and now things are things are changing. Things are always changing, as the Buddhists say, and it is our job to be comfortable with that. So I hope you're comfortable with this. Now I am releasing these episodes where different people, comedians, writers, friends of mine, get up at the storytelling show that I created and I host here in Los Angeles. And I am now releasing these episodes, uh, these individual stories I'm totally being inarticulate right now, but if you listen to this regularly, you understand what this is. If you don't, I swear to God, I can be articulate and welcome to the show. But every other month, I have five comedians or writers, including myself, get up and tell a story, 10-minute story. Uh, Those shows started to be broadcast on Facebook Live. They started to get some attention, and I said – look, I think I want other people outside of this room of 50 people to be able to hear these stories because they're hilarious. And they do exactly what I think is so important, which is they destigmatize without hitting you over the head with a hammer, telling you like, we're destigmatizing. They're just funny. And I personally have found an incredible amount of healing from sharing my dark and my disturbed and my things I was never going to tell anybody. And it has sort of become my mission in the world to help other people do that. I do that through online classes and workshops. If you want information about the online classes, go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com. If you want to talk to me about coming and leading a workshop, email me, Anna at AnnaDavid.com. So anyway, the episode you're about to listen to is pretty much a story from pretty much the funniest person that I've ever known personally. Uh, This is what I always say when I introduce her. Uh, When Louis C.K. was asked in a Reddit, ask me anything, who are the funniest female comedians? This was a few years ago. He said, this woman who doesn't really perform that much anymore, Laura House. That's because she became a very successful TV writer. I'm lucky enough to have her perform in my show sometimes. Uh, She... So here's who she is. She's from she's from Austin and she co-created and starred in MTV's first scripted show, which was called Austin Stories. And she's written on Mom and Samantha Who. And she has a one woman show called How to Hate Yourself. Um, She's performed on HBO Comedy Central. She's also a meditation teacher. She does a lot. She is ridiculous. Hold on to your seat. As they say, this is Laura House. And I love the stories of the evening of, uh, like, Anna, I got super high on edibles one time, and a friend 
you know, there's always that annoying friend who freaks out, and you're like, come on. <laughs> but my friend was like, oh my god, I'm too high. <laughs> she had to announce. And then my favorite moment was another friend stepped in and she said, whenever I feel like that, I just tell myself, I'm just high enough. <laughs> I was like, that can probably apply to a lot of situations. <laughs> um, so here's my story. Um, unlike most of my stories, this one ends with me in court, but like most of my stories, it centers around my boobs. Now, <laughs> here's my background. I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas. It's a suburb of Dallas, but it has this real country bend to it, as the name suggests. Literally, someone got off a train and said, my, what a grand prairie. And it stuck. So I never embraced it. I never fit in. I enjoy things like banter and enunciation. Um, in fact, I spent most of my life trying to learn big words and stop saying fixin' to. But the cold hard fact is I'm a hillbilly, born and bred. It's not all bad. One of the best things about being a hillbilly is the people you party with. <laughs> so country folk get the fuck down. <laughs> they don't have pride. <laughs> so they, there's like fancy people, there's a point where they go, oh, I would never not country people. Like a favorite hobby of country people is to drive your truck in a muddy field. And you just call it mudden. Too mudden. Fuck yeah, let's go mudden. Woo! And we scream and drink beer. We're mudden. <laughs> normal people are like, what is fun about that? They know, but they know. They know the secrets. Let's get drunk in an inner tube and float down the river. We'll call it tubing. Very simple pleasures. So one of my best friends, Ray, he's in a lot of my super drunk stories. Uh, my best friend, which he would love. He takes hillbilly fun to new heights. So like he has, he bought an old hearse at a police auction that he drives like a limo. I was like, why'd you buy a hearse? He was like, because I thought it'd be fun to take all my friends to concerts in it. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's a commitment that I've never had. He threw a new, the 1999 New Year's Eve party, he threw on the original chicken ranch in LaGrange, Texas. That's a whorehouse. And in these times, it's a burnt down whorehouse. But he was like, because it's cool. So he had like a dance floor ordered and ribs. Anyway, he puts together what we call a hillbilly hot tub, which is you take a horse trough. Some of you know. It's a nice knot. You look like a decent guy who reads books, but I see it coming through. Hot tub. I get it. We all have pasts. It's a what? It's a horse trough full of water, and you prop it up on cinder blocks. My accent will come back through this story. You prop it up on cinder blocks and heat it with propane tanks. And if you're Ray or the other people at his party, you sit there eating ribs from the salt lick and just throw them in the water when you're years ago. I got an invitation from Ray that said, Naked Island Houseboat Party. Bring beer, 
Clothing optional, July 3rd through 6th. <laughs> now that's not a kind of invitation you decline. <laughs> Plus, I was about to move away from Austin to LA and it just seemed like a good way to go out. <laughs> and now when I say houseboat, Please don't get excited. Ray is not rich. He's crafty. And he really spends a lot of time at police auctions. And at these auctions, he likes to find things that he can party on. Like that hearse and this houseboat. So it's like the most rickety-ass, barely-floating ship ever to leave any shore at any time. And it barely did that. It's like, oh, all right, you know what? It's like the size of this stage, move a little longer because it's a boat and boats aren't square. That's weird. So, but it's like a little longer than this with like, picture just like a shack in the middle of it. But it was enough. So it held maybe eight people kind of comfortably. You could go up on the roof of the shack. <laughs> Call it the penthouse. Why not? Um, it, like, it maybe held eight people comfortably, and we, for these three days, we had easily upwards of 20 at any given time. But the plan was, head to Lake Austin with all the beer you can, float down the river a piece, then drop anchor, drink and swim, and run around naked for three days and nights on this party bar. And don't think Ray is irresponsible. He'd read the Parks and Wildlife Handbook. And he made sure that when we were drinking and anchored, there were always enough life jackets for everyone. Because the way to get to keep the party going is to follow the basic rules. <laughs> so we got all the beer and provisions, which were beer, and we were off. Clothes, that is. So we floated down the river to a kind of private spot where we'd spend the next three days. Then we dropped anchor. And trout. Now, I was not that, I assumed he was kind of kidding. <clears throat> so I was shy about, like, I'm, like, somebody was like, woo, here we go. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I feel weird. Luckily, my friends threw ice cubes at me until I finally took off my top. Then we had a party. So the music was loud, and we drank, and we danced around, and girls mostly just went old school topless. But, and some guys stayed clad. But four of these guys had coordinated wearing animal Speedos. Do you know this one? <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the hot shucks nod. Both animal Speedos. I mean, if you're going to have the hot tub, you're, you know, we're not going to draw the line at animal Speedos. But who would do that? So this animal Speedos, it's a boy thong with like an animal in the wiener area, like an elephant or a moose or a camel. You know, you can imagine the animals that would work, you know, with little, like, sort of, what you might make a puppet out of, ears or eyes or whatever. So they're just like, oh, yeah. A raccoon on their ding or whatnot. And um, I don't know why I call it a ding. Why not be cute about it? Um, so they were... They're representing the animal kingdom on their crotches. And uh, we drank and all day in the sun, and we danced and swam around and nap. Now, by nap, of course, I mean passed out. Um, and it was beautiful. It was just a nice, relaxing. We're parked, basically. You can do whatever you want. This little thing that he called Naked Island. Now, here's something that I did not write down. I never tell anyone. Ray reminds me of it. 
it every time I see him because I try to throw him over the hillbilly you are. He always fires back with this. I will tell you because you're the nicest people in the world. You're such a wonderful audience. I was drunk and I was swimming and I was on like a little noodle. So I was like in the water, you know, like sort of to here. And I noticed that like my boobs were like kind of floating in the water. And it seemed like kind of like ahead of me. There, and I started chasing him and yelling, I'm chasing my titties. Collins graduated. Ray will never let me forget. He's like, oh, Miss Big Words, I'm chasing my titties. I was just trying to fit in. So we had sunsets and songs and we're making out. Let me know what a party is. So friends who didn't want to be there for the whole time and they just popped in for a bit, they were ushered back and forth by Colby, our jet ski cowboy. And when there were multiple people, Colby tied floatable things to the jet ski and there was just a little parade of hillbillies going back and forth from our boat all day while I, of course, was titty wrangling. Myself. They were never far. Anyway, so the night of the 4th of July, we parked amid this big group of boats and yachts and houseboats, all bigger and all normal, let's just say normal, than our rickety old craft. So they're all nicer, but none are more fun or drunk or loud or naked. As and not that it was a contest, but we would have won had it been a contest. Now, <clears throat> we were part of hundreds of Austinites out to enjoy the city's best view of the fireworks. I'm not sure when the singing started. There's something about being drunk for a couple of days, <laughs> mostly naked in the sun, sitting on top of a barely legal houseboat that makes you think you can do whatever you want. So we worked our way through Proud to be an American and whatever other America songs we could think of. And inexplicably, we all launched into a top of our lungs rendition of Rainbow Connection. Just feeling like kids, I guess. When two Texas Parks and Wildlife officers decided to board the boat. Boat cops. Did you even know that was a thing? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he really, and he looked kind of sunburned. Like, it looks almost if you were like, this pretty much happened to me on Wednesday. This was real recent. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of this thing is shocking. I like it, because I feel support. <laughs> so... These guys are a real buzzkill. So the music, just stop the music, and the boat cops all asked us to put our clothes on, like assholes. And they and they were like, I have to sit quietly as they inspect the, the, the houseboat shack. And we were safe from any real trouble because we're all of age, and Ray had read the handbook, so we followed the lake laws. But they're looking around for something. 
just like making up a murder, they're looking around for something to pin on us. <laughs> it's not just like making a murder. <laughs> we have done many things wrong. But they're looking for things because technically it's not illegal just to be loud on a lake. <laughs> and this was America's birthday. We had rights, freedom to be a loud, drunk speech giver. So they were being intimidated. Like, they're looking around. You know, there's kids around here. You know, there's laws. Like, you know, at a certain point, you're like, you know what? I'm 30. <laughs> you're not intimidating me. <laughs> like, there should be another conclusion. Like, I'm 30. I shouldn't be doing this. But it was like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm not 12. I know my rights. <laughs> we're naked. <laughs> no. And we're drunk, so what? A lot of people drink. We're anchored. You got nothing, pig. Lake pig, you got nothing! But still, it's intimidating when a cop of any sort is kind of really... So we sat there shivering like we'd all been sent to the wet principal's office. Then they found it. One of the boat cops said there were more people on board than there were life jackets. We were short two flotation devices. And that is against the law. Yes. And then, stunned silence of shame when a drunk voice with a country accent said, Laura has big boobs. <laughs> Maybe we can count them as two <laughs> That was cold. The cop assured us they couldn't. <laughs> we were all taken back to shore in cop boats for a time. Ray was sighted and given a ticket. And he was pissed and swore to fight it. Now, if it was me, you know when you're speeding like 15 miles over the limit, you get a ticket, you're like, well, I'm just glad you didn't see me when I was going 100. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way most people think. But Ray was like, ah, ah, read the handbook. Yeah, I'm fighting it. He had plenty of life jackets. He wasn't going down for this. And I was in the cop boat with him and his friend Jamie, and Jamie swore to get revenge on these cops. And she said, I'm gonna pee in this boat. <laughs> and then she did. <laughs> so I moved to LA, <laughs> leaving Elvis behind me. And then a few months later, I happened to be back in Austin doing stand-up. And uh, it ha I happened to be there, shockingly, on the day that Ray had his court case. <laughs> so he asked me to testify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> court was in the strip mall, like a nice one. <laughs> strip mall, like by a 99 cent store and a newly remodeled Tantastic. And Ray represented himself, and he dressed the part. He put on this vintage off-white suit. <laughs> he looked like Boss Hogg. <laughs> Several of us 
met there, we met out front, and Ray told us the game plan. <laughs> hey, say something so I don't have to pay that ticket. <laughs> I remember three distinct reactions. I was like, yeah, I'll say whatever you need. For one, we're in a strip mall. What kind of justice system? <laughs> like, I can't even take this seriously. And I could walk to 7-Eleven from it. You know, there's nothing. And our friend Chewy got a serious face. He was like, oh. I don't know. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't lie on stand. <laughs> and then our friend Jeff said, I don't care. I'll say anything. I wasn't even there. <laughs> Amazing. So we were hoping the boat cop wouldn't show, right? That's what you hope. There he was. <laughs> Hating us. Take these rest, And he took the stand, and he said, he didn't have all the details, but that he had several complaints of noise about our shack, lake shack. And when he board, then he boarded the boat, and he said when he did, he found only 14 life jackets, but there were way more people on board. And he added that they were extremely intoxicated. What a dick. <laughs> As proof of how drunk we are, he confidently turned his copy of the ticket over to read something he'd written down on the back. <laughs> Your Honor. Someone said, <laughs> Laura has big boobs. Maybe they could count as two vacations. <laughs> this guy's done. He's like, mic drop. <laughs> Gonna be raised, Ken. It's a little baby Matlock. <laughs> Walk to the front of the court. And everything. You say there were 14 life jackets on board, but how many people were on board, sir? And the cop was stumped. He did not write that down. He hemmed and hawed, and so at least 15 and probably 20, definitely more than a rape press. But you didn't write that number down! don't actually know if we were short any life jackets to <clears throat> And the officer did not. Ray called me to the stand. <laughs> the judge looked at me. You, Laura? <laughs> I'm officially Exhibits double. <laughs> Ray made a point to remind the court of my God-given non-regulation chest floating. <laughs> and he asked me if I remembered how many people were on the boat. I did not. Chewy took the stand, emphatically said the same. Jeff did too, even though he was in New York when this party <laughs> Ray made his closing argument. He said, Your Honor, no one knows how many people were on the boat. He's just chewing scenery. No one can know. I don't know. She doesn't know. 
he doesn't know. No one, no, no one can know. So I don't think I should get in trouble when there's no proof of wrongdoing. <laughs> The judge said, dismiss. Trump then applied and whooped the prosecuting attorney, leaned over to Ray, said this was the most fun she'd had in her life. Why don't you get in trouble more often? It's great. And we headed off to another part of the strip mall where there was a sort of gator-themed Cajun restaurant to celebrate with fried food and hurricanes and the bill... $257. The ticket, $150. Because that's how goddamn hillbillies party. Yeah. 